Hello and welcome to the Crack and Banter podcast with me, Reese, and my co-host, Luke. Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you for asking. I went for a run earlier and, as per usual, nearly died. Uh, <laughs> I sort of, some, you know, I sort of think, should I have exercised more when I was younger rather than trying to catch up all night? And it's times like that when I'm dying after only running a 5k that I think, yeah, probably should have. <laughs> But I feel like there's also there's also an aspect of like it's it's much better to do things when you want to do them. And I feel like when you're younger, it's you're better off just doing stuff you want to do. If you didn't if you don't want to do exercise when you're a kid, I can imagine nothing worse. Like certainly from yeah. my experience when I was younger, being forced to do stuff is the absolute worst when you're a kid. Like when all you want to do is play or do the stuff that you like being forced yeah. into stuff is honestly the absolute worst thing. It's, so it's I, such I an like ironic. Yeah, I was going to say, it's such an ironic twist of fate because when I was younger, all I wanted to do was sit inside and play video games, which I still enjoy doing. I mean, he had it going outdoors and he had it being told to play outdoors, even though there was, like, there was so much time to do it. Now <laughs> I'm older and I don't have as much time to go outdoors <laughs> and do all stuff. I love going outdoors. I mean, you just love what you can yeah. do. Like, that's, it's always going to be that way. Sorry, that's a bit existential for what's the light entertainment <laughs> podcast. <laughs> No, I, I get it. I get it. Yes, as you say, this is a light entertainment podcast where we just talk about uh, whatever we want, really. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the TV show Invincible. Um, so we'll we'll be getting to that. But we're going to start off with a little bit of news. First piece of news I am very, very happy about. Well, actually, all the news this week I find very exciting. Um, but the first thing which I'm really excited for is uh, Catherine Hahn has joined the cast of Knives Out 2 uh ryan johnson's knives out too um for anyone who's seen knives out or anyone who hasn't rather um it was a murder mystery movie that came out last year maybe two years ago now around about that um it it, was christmas of 2019 i can remember because it was one of probably the last three or four movies i saw in cinema and actually Mm -hmm. i think i can tell you the last three movies i saw in cinema was it the gentleman and david Mm. copperfield yeah, and I forgot to go see. I never got around to going to see Harley uh, Quinn, Birds of Prey, um, which I only watched like last week, and I should have watched it when it was in cinemas because it was a great movie. It was great. I think I saw that. I think the very last thing I saw was maybe Onward, the Pixar movie. I think that was around mm, about yeah. the same time as Birds of Prey, but I think that was the very last thing I saw. Um, but yes, Catherine Han. Recently, we saw her in uh, WandaVision as uh, Agatha Harkness and she was absolutely incredible I think that's such a good such great casting uh we actually have some other cast from that or for Knives Out too that um I didn't know about before but uh we've got Daniel Craig is back um which is very good I really liked his uh sort of southern gentleman detective um Benoit Blanc uh was such a great character but we also have come uh, into Knives Out 2 we have uh, Edward Norton um, who is very good in Fight Club famously and lots of great movies uh, Janelle Monet, I want to say is that maybe pronouncing it right who uh, I haven't actually right. seen but uh, she was in Moonlight and um, that NASA movie which I've forgotten the name of now <laughs> uh, but some some very famous films that have come out recently quite uh, big um, like theatrical releases Unfortunately, I just haven't actually seen them, but uh, that seems like a great shite. 
and Dave Batista as well has joined the cast of Knives Out too. So I, I think that's a stellar lineup. I think that looks great. I'm, I'm really excited just for the fact that it's happening. Knives Out 2 and Knives Out 3 actually have both been signed into a contract with Netflix apparently. So they're, I don't know if they're coming out theatrically as well, but they're, they're signed with Netflix as well. So uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for that. I really love Knives Out. And uh, I never realized I was like a big murder mystery fan until more recently. Um, as I've seen things like Knives Out and uh, like the new Murder on the Orient Express as well and those that, those kind of things that actually I'm a, I'm a big, big mystery fan. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm real excited for this. Yeah, really, really wide spectrum of uh, actors there, I would say, in terms of just like the styles and genres they usually play in. So yeah. I, I think that's what they did with the first movie was sort of why it worked quite well. I would I would quite like though if they cast a few of them against type them. I'm assuming he'll be one of the suspects or the victim or whatever, but I would love it if they cast Dave Batista sort of like uh, the, the Watson to Benoit Blanc, Blanc's Hope oh, Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I, I, I think it could be a really funny sort of like comedic foil because uh, I think it's the same with Drax that whilst... Uh, uh, I keep going to call him Batista because I, I he used to be one of my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, because really... yeah, both of us only know him from WWE first and foremost. So the yeah. as I was writing this, I like I, there's actually more Batista news coming up. But yeah, as I was writing that, it's just really funny. Yeah. So um, if I call him Batista, you know who I mean. Uh, yes. But yes, I, I I think he sort of, he showed uh, that he had real range uh, with Gardens of the Galaxy because he could obviously doing the big muscly action here sort of thing but his both his spoken comedy his comedic timing and his physical comedy i thought especially in volume two were immaculate <laughs> yeah I, I, so I, I think i would just love to see him cast against type a bit which i actually think rianne johnson may well do because uh well obviously I, i've got my opinions on uh his star wars film but <laughs> i would say in the grand scale of his career uh, he's been a very talented director. Has a very strong resume at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing he can do, whether you like it or not, it is subvert expectations. So yeah. I think, we, like, even in Knives Out, the first one, it was, I wouldn't say it was like com completely different for the genre, but it, it was subversive enough that it still, yeah. I was still surprised by the outcome and stuff. You know, it still got me, which I feel like is pretty tricky in a murder mystery now to find a way to like still surprise your audience because you know it's such an old genre it's such a classic um you know red herring kind of scenario that it's never the first person you think it's going to be and all that stuff so to find a, an original way to do it is still super impressive and I think that would be a great way to keep it compelling is to sort of um juxtapose the characters with with the physicalities I think that's great because there are there are so many uh, murder mystery archetypes that I think it would be really funny to mismatch them with as you say like the actors playing them so you could even have Dave Batista fit in have him play like the role that would classically be uh you know like the the pompous fancy it's it's quite often like a like a DM or a you know a, a national royal or whatever but have that played by Batista like this big burly guy or something you know take one of those classic murder mystery archetypes and yeah, like mix and match them. I think that could be really funny. Um, Edward Norton not as the villain. 
<laughs> yeah, just, that would be it's good. The, that... It's the only thing you have to do to cast him against what he usually plays as for his character <laughs> to not be an absolutely awful person. Yeah, yeah, just make him be good if they if they dare. Um, but yeah, I, I like that cast a lot. Catherine Hahn, I I absolutely love. She's so yeah. funny. Um, just brings me so much joy anytime Catherine Hahn is in anything. So uh, yeah, I would like to see her do. I don't know what I don't know what in this movie. Maybe she could be like another detective uh, as well. Uh, just knives out to oops, all detectives. It's just everybody in the whole movie is a different detective. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be like you mentioned someone wrote something like that. It's like you'd have to have a really silly setup for it. So you'd have I think you'd have to play the whole thing a bit tongue in cheek. But yeah. if you sort of had like uh as then there were none um style setup where you've got like a detective's retreat or something mm-hmm. and you've got all the different archetypes, like a sort of Sherlock style detective, a Poirot style one, a uh yeah. Miss Markle. You've got uh, like the grizzled, grizzled PI kind of thing as well. Yeah, and you have them on an island, and one of them gets murdered. So you have yeah. to sort of. I I actually think, um, <laughs> something like that could be really funny. I'm not that saying could... this is what this is, but it's like I think that would be a really clever way of maybe like yeah. a sort of light spiff of the genre. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether it would be a great mystery movie, but it would certainly be a great comedy movie. And you can yeah. imagine like them all kind of fighting and fumbling over each other to say like the one-liner stings as well. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like the murderer might be one of us. The murderer, murderer might be one of us. He's in this room. <laughs> all like trying to say it at the same time. And I think the I think the murderers, I think the murderers in this, I think the murderer might be, I think the murderer might be in this room. Yeah. It's uh, been you know, it's probably been it's been quite a while, I would say. I, I'm sure I'm forgetting one, but I think it's been quite a while since there's been like a good comedic detective. Well, de- Detective Pikachu, sort of, I suppose, but as that wasn't like a, a proper mystery movie, I would say. But as, I was going to say it's been a while since there's been like a good, funny detective movie. Uh, yeah. I know there was Holmes and Watson, but I don't think I've seen anyone. Apologies to if anyone involved in it was listening is offended, but I can't say I heard anyone describe Holmes and Watson as good. I, no. I'm struggling to think of one aside from maybe like the neck of the gun or whatever I'm, yeah. I'm sure i'm forgetting something i mean uh not not a massive massively famous mainstream one but uh the new season of dimension 20 uh side quest mice and murder is a is a murder mystery and it is hilarious um but we're both big dimension 20 fans yeah so it's easy for us to say <laughs> um but yes speaking of dave batista we have more dave batista news uh he did an interview recently and uh, he mentioned in the interview, they were talking about different uh, characters that he loved. And he mentioned that he would love to play Bean in a Batman movie. He said that there's no, like, he's not signed on to do it or anything like that. He's not involved with any Batman movies, but he just said he was talking about characters he would love to play. And he said that high up on his list would be uh, Bean. And they kind of had a bit of a discussion about it. And he was quoted as saying he would like to play Bean not only as physically superior, but mentally superior as well, which is often how Bane is portrayed in the comics, but we haven't really get got to see uh, in live action or in, even in animation or anything yet. We're kind of, we get to see the the big dumb brute a lot, but we don't get to see the fact that Bane is this super genius kind of Batman level uh, intellectual character, as well as them being insanely uh, strong as well. But I think that that would be pretty cool. I think Batista would be a good, a good Bane. Yeah, probably goes, it's, it's, 
easy casting, isn't it? Basically, he's got the whole repertoire for what you'd want from being. I mean, first things first is the physicality. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't even need to bulk up for a lot. I mean, I think uh, Tom Hardy got a very impressive physique for playing being, but I mean, the top end of his physique still far below that of Batista, and that's not <laughs> yeah. me putting Tom Hardy down. That's just me trying to make the point of how what, yeah. like a ridiculously huge man Batista is. Well, yeah, he did actually say, I, I read through some of the other quotes in the interview and he did say in it, he was like, it would be really fun to to do a role where I really had to bulk up again, sort of uh, yeah. like referring to his old WWE days and saying it would be great to to have to rack up, uh, back up to those, those old weights again, which I haven't had to do in so long, which makes me assume that like when he plays Drax and stuff, it's pretty easy going. Like that's not him pushing to his full extent, which is insane. So... <laughs> The idea that if he was playing B and he'd have to, he'd like push to to put on extra weight. That I mean, he must be an absolute Hulk of a man. Yeah, I think I think what I've read about him, he is he's a uh, grafter, so he is he's a very hardworking guy. So I mm-hmm. think probably what he sees is not a lot of work to maintain his current <laughs> physique would be an insane amount of work for yeah, the rest yeah. of us. Yeah, it's it's his like wake up at. 5 a.m. do four hours in the gym and then do four hours later on as well uh yeah, just like, yeah, like, the light well, gym program yeah that's that's my like that's my normal and then when i'm doing a movie i'll add on some extra and if i really need to build up then i'll uh then i'll do you know some full days at the gym just yeah. insanity man strong people are crazy you know <laughs> yeah to be fair it's especially you get those guys in the wwe i think it's you see you see you you can tell even he's like even in the context of WWE that when he was in the ring he was a massive guy yeah but then like you put him next to a normal person you're like oh my gosh he's a literal giant yeah he's enormously enormous like it just it warps your perspective when you see these big guys next taller big guys and even guys you uh, even guys you think Oh, he's not that big, sort of, because he looks as someone in like a WWE ring. He's like next to Batista. He's not that big, and then you see him in real life, and they're like, he doesn't look big in a WWE ring, but he is like <laughs> he would be massive compared to a normal human. Yeah, it's the same with like basketball players as well, where like they look pretty tall on the court because you know they they still look like tall guys, uh, and then as you're saying, like compared to each other, compared to like other sports people, even you're like, oh yeah, they are pretty tall. And then you see them take a picture with like just a normal person. And it is unbelievable. Literally twice their size. Yeah. Like, Oh, you ever see those? Like, uh, I can't remember if it's a Twitter account, like a subreddit on Reddit or something. I think, it, I think it's a Twitter account. It's like Shaq holding normal things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just look tight. The one I could never get over it was like a water bottle one, which is like ridiculous. It sort of it looks like Shaq's been given a mini water bottle. Yeah, <laughs> he holds one. it like between his finger and thumb, literally. Yeah, and he just like squirts it into his mouth, and it's just one gulp, and then he like throws it away. Yeah, but the most ridiculous understand. one that I can I can never get over is the one I think it's one of the first ones that come up if you search Shaq holding normal things, I and mean, it's Shaq. <laughs> holding a regular sized donut and the reason why it looks so ridiculous is because you do get mini donuts and yeah. you sort of look at it and you think oh that's Shaq with a mini donut because it looks like a mini donut in his hands it's a full-size donut yeah people shouldn't be allowed to be that big 
Yeah. And, and if you think I'm over-exaggerating, please honestly Google it. I, yeah. You will be gobsmacked just realizing yeah, it, how big Shaq is. It won't be hard to find. You, you know, this isn't hard to, to fact check us on. You will find it straight away and just see how ridiculous it is. Same as like Shaq sitting in normal sized chairs. Hilarious. <laughs> sitting on like little fold out chairs that kind of are uncomfortable for a regular person. There's no way he should he shouldn't even bother sitting down. I don't think just just nail or sit on the ground. It would be the same. <laughs> yeah, was, and then you realize Shaq wasn't even the tallest player when he was in the NBA because you like had a teammate. Uh, his name's forgotten. Has escaped me. He was a he's a Chinese guy. Um, this is I just always remember it's like. It was like a scale of pictures where it like started with Kevin Hart standing next to the rock and Kevin Hart looked tiny next oh, yeah. to the rock. And that was a picture of rocks, the rock standing next to um, Shaq and he looked tiny and then was Shaq standing next uh, to this guy, the, the Chinese basketball player. Mm-hmm. And Shaq <laughs> looked short next to this guy. I think this guy was well over seven foot. Whoa. It's just crazy. <laughs> It doesn't feel like seven or eight feet doesn't feel unfathomable. You know, you feel like you'd be able to imagine what height that is until you are approached by someone even close to that size. And you're like, oh, a foot is actually so much, like so much more than you think it is um, when you're comparing it to that. Oh, man, so funny. Well, I have one last piece of news. Um, We got a full announcement for the Friends reunion. Um, we have a date for that. It'll be coming out on May 27th to HBO Max, which I'm not sure where that'll come out then here for us, maybe on, on Sky or uh, Now TV, maybe something like that. Um, I don't imagine we'll have a lot to say on that just because it's it's a reunion. It's going to be them meeting up and, and kind of just talking about the show again. I think it's lovely. I, I'm a pretty big Friends fan. And um, I think it'll be very nice. But yeah, I, there's not too much to say on that because it is just people talking about a show that already happened but it's a nice way to just celebrate um a show that i i really enjoy yeah yeah i'm i'm sort of glad that it's not going to be another episode and it's like as much as i would love another more episodes of friends or whatever i do recognize friends basically had a perfect finale yeah and i would just be of the attitude when you see how many uh, TV series at the moment don't stick that landing and, and get lambasted for it. Yeah. I, yeah. I really don't think you want to tamper with some uh, a show that had an ending as good as that one. Yeah, I think especially for a show that ran for so long and was so beloved, mm-hmm. I like if, if a show came out like that now, I almost wouldn't expect it to end well, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, there are so few shows that do it now and even shows that do do it well, the last episode still is never like one of the best, you know, whereas Friends, it really does end, I, I would say, near, nearly perfectly. Um, and yeah, it's if they bring it back, it would just, what would they be bringing it back to do? You know, it, it wouldn't really achieve anything. I think like an argument could be made that a movie would be good, but then I feel like if you did a movie, it would have to be throwing them into a different scenario. You couldn't, it wouldn't be like the show Friends. So there's no real good way to bring it back and make it feel classic and then execute it well. I can't imagine that being done well. So I think it this is probably the nicest way to just celebrate yeah. a show, as I was saying. Yeah. Lightning in a bottle as well. You know, there's no guarantee that that spark uh, that 
was there from 94 to 2004 would still be there if you tried to put them back in for an episode. It could just fall oh, a yeah. bit flat. For um, sure, for sure. Yeah, I think-, I think it's also trying to bring back a show that that's, that's that big as well. It's basically just, you know, if you only do an episode or whatever, or even if you did a movie, it's just going to be references the whole way through to other jokes. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't guarantee that they'd really do anything original story-wise. It would just be Joey says, how you doing? You know, Chandler says, could I be something? You know, Monica likes it to be clean. Like it would just be, remember how we used to write this show, do all those jokes again, because it's not going to be the same writers either, you know? So it would be, it would be very easy to do it poorly. So yeah, I really, I'm, I'm glad this is what they're doing. Basically, is what it comes down yeah. to. You'd be in serious danger, Flander. Flanders. <laughs> I knew the word Flanders? I wanted to say. Flander right. <laughs> Flanders right. It doesn't flow right. Basically, Flanders from The Simpsons and add Isation onto that. Flanders mm-hmm. Isation. Very good. I just need to split it up a bit. Uh, but you'd be in danger of that. That's where a character. Um, sort of their catchphrases and idiosyncrasies become so well known that the writer eventually just starts uh using those to write the character and the character almost becomes a parody of themselves yeah yeah definitely i think that would be so easy and i mean that's maybe not giving writers enough credit but it's also it's also toeing the line then because if you don't throw in those classic things then people get just as angry so I, yeah. I think it's safest to leave it alone, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, oh, sorry. Sure. I, I'm not trying to take a dump on writers, especially since the quality of writing on the, on Simpsons and the and Friends and whatever uh, is, was, was, is and was so good. I, it's just, mm-hmm. it's more, um, you know, if you write a TV series for long enough, it gets harder and harder to come up with original lines. And as you said, there's a level of, audience expectation like you can't just completely change a character's behavior so it gets harder and harder to not lean into their classic behavior so to speak yeah definitely definitely so yeah excited ish to to watch oh, that but uh, sorry sorry just, i just sorry i i, I spent a bunch of time there complaining about a hypothetical it's not going to happen because <laughs> this isn't a returning episode i should say yes i love friends and uh, i'm really excited to see the six of them get back together because i'm sure they have been but i can't think of any time where all six of them have been in the same room since it finished yeah yeah um yeah so i i don't know that we'll have much to say on the reunion but it may give us an excuse to talk a bit about friends in uh, in one way or another yeah. um so i'm sure we'll do a friends themed episode of some kind if if anybody at home has any ideas of what they'd like us to talk about right in because it's a long show it's gone on for a while everybody knows it so I can't say that we'll have anything largely original. So maybe there's there might be something fun fun with that to, to play around with. Um, but yeah, without further ado, shall we get into our topic for this week? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this week we are going to talk a little bit about the TV show Invincible. Uh, Invincible is a animated TV show based on an image comic. Um, I didn't know much about it. I, I had heard of the comic before. I had been recommended the comic on, on countless uh, podcasts and, and YouTube videos and stuff, but I never actually read it. I knew very much bits and pieces. Um, we'll do our very brief non-spoiler review, and then we'll just get straight into spoilers because it's, it's a pretty spoilery show, I think. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just say 
I, I really, really liked this <laughs> to start off. Loved it. Uh, very excited to see more. I think there's more seasons coming out. Um, really good. Kind of uh, has some real classic superhero-y genre stuff, but then also lots of uh, new takes as well for characters, kind of playing around with um, very classic uh, stereotypes and characters that we see in, especially like DC um, comic books, classic Silver Age comic books. And yeah, just playing around with those characters. I think it's it's pretty comic accurate um, as far as what I've at least seen other people say, which is nice. It's nice to just see like that, those comic panels leap off the page kind of thing, as they say. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. All the characters, I mean, characters I'm basically going to say is probably the, one of the strongest points and the cast, which we'll definitely get into. Um, but overall, a, a big thumbs up from me. What did you think, Luke? Yeah, uh, if I was to describe the quality of the shoe as a graph, I would say it was a tan graph. So you <laughs> sort of have it starting off at a certain level. And sorry, a tan graph's going to make it sound like it starts off crap. It doesn't. It starts off very, it still starts off pretty good. But yeah. Time, you'll time you'll start it and you think, you'll think it's quite normal. But then just as the series goes on, it just ratchets up and shifts through the gears <laughs> about two or three at a time. By the end, yeah. it's just absolutely insane how high the quality is. The, sec the penultimate and last episode of the first series are some of the best television I think most people watch this year. Uh, beautiful animation uh yeah not not uh, i would say just beautiful in terms of the animation art i thought uh did well to capture the comic style but it's not groundbreaking visually yeah. i would say um writing absolutely brilliant really i i sort of had heard people say because this was by robert kirkman the um did the Walking Dead? It's basically like uh, Walking Dead's his most famous work, but this is his magnum opus. And yeah. by the end of the series, I could see why the quality of the writing is fantastic. It's got what I would honestly describe as a grip, as a gripping story. I mean, I think once it gets your hooks in, it's hooks into you, which I think for most people will pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you'll finish the series before you even realize. I think I watched. Uh, I started it maybe last Friday night, maybe last Saturday night. I think I had, I watched like one episode then. And I think I watched three episodes the next day and then four episodes today after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I, I watched this week to week. And honestly, having watched WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier week to week as well, I think I was more excited for when invincible came out than those shows not necessarily because it was better but it definitely as you said felt more gripping than those shows and maybe that's just part of the tone as well that it has a more engaging and like very uh action heavy like straight from from action to action and like story point to story point um so it made it very gripping but honestly i i might have maybe not preferred but been more excited for this than some of those marvel shows we've been watching um, but that's just a testament to how good it is. I think it really holds its own against like those shows that have so much behind them already for this to be a brand new, I mean, based on a comic, but brand new show for a lot of people, like it really, it really holds up. Um, so yeah, that's our spoiler freeze. Shall we just get straight into spoilers, Luke? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, this show is called Invincible. I think it should have had a tagline on it. I think it should, should have been called 
Invincible gets his shit rocked for eight episodes straight because, oh my God, does that guy suffer some blows? Yeah. Just give that guy a win. Oh my God. Just B after B after B, uh, which I've I have, Personally, <laughs> I can't believe Omni Man was Mephisto. Oh, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I the thought he's not made that joke. I've got the take at this time. <laughs> I had I had my uh, tagline joke ready, so I didn't want to do the Mephisto one. <laughs> but man, man, does that kid get punched in the face a lot? <laughs> I, it sort of actually made me think. Uh, someone's probably already come up with this as an idea for a super parse. Don't steal. It actually made me. But if, sorry, if they haven't, then don't steal it from me. Any comic book writers. <laughs> Because these are all timestamps, so I'll know. I'll know. <laughs> but I can't. I mean, I also think. Imagine if your superpower was just it's sort of like kind of that you're invincible, but you no offensive abilities, and your only ability was that no matter how much punishment you took, you could just get yeah. up again. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> yeah, like you you cannot die. Just it's it's like a magical force, no, not scientific at all, but. It's impossible for you to die, but you still feel all the amount of pain that you would normally be suffering anyway. So you're yeah. just like, just getting whomped constantly, but you cannot suffer. Yes. Yeah. Mad that kid just gets beat up and like, not, not pretty comic book MCU beat up either. Real like teeth flying out, eyes bulging up, like serious action. Um, I'll tell you what. I want to know who the agency's dentist is, because multiple characters, him, um, uh, the immortal, loads of other ones, keep getting teeth knocked out and then just have them back in the next scene. Yeah, I know. But yes, as as with any time we do a review, that does mean the return of uh, one of our favourite segments, the quest for the best TV show of all time. So in this, we kind of go through a series of categories. I've had to adapt some of the categories for this because it's an animated show. So you can let me know what you think of those, look as we go through. Yeah, um, we give again. each category a score out of 10, and then that gives us an overall score out of 50 for us to rank it among the other shows that we've watched. It's getting crowded up at the top, I'd say. And then the show's only just going to make the problem worse. <laughs> We're going to have that to watch true. something pretty bad, to be honest. Um, <laughs> No, or or maybe just sort of like average-ish. Um, yeah. I kind of not, I've not watched it yet, so this is entirely I'm going based off reviews. If we review the Bad Batch, at least I think it's, on, it's only been described as decent, so it might be a little further down our scale if we did a review for it. Not saying we will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'll, I'll um, not ask yeah. your thoughts now I'm sure you've watched the first few episodes but as I said we may I, do I haven't, I haven't actually uh, I haven't watched The Bad Batch yet I think I'm going to mm-hmm. watch through all of the Clone Wars stuff that I haven't seen because mm-hmm. I've seen bits of Clone Wars but not all of it so I'm going right. to I'm going to fill in the blanks on Clone Wars watch the essential stuff uh, while The Bad Batch is coming out and then I think I might just binge it when it's out um, yeah Imagine if we had to retractively review the Clone Wars. That's just another thing that would be going up near the top. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I, I didn't realize we reviewed such high caliber television. Like I always imagine I watch crap stuff all the time, but we only well, review think, the best stuff. I think it's the Venn diagram of things we both watch. I, I think sort of if you say, take things I watch, things you watch, 
there's plenty of crap in either circle, but where they intersect yeah. tends to be quite <laughs> high quality television. Like, yeah, I've, the... I've nearly watched all three series of Selling Sunset. <laughs> so we have yeah, to the... review that. It might go further down the scale. <laughs> the gar- the garbage is on the the outskirts. Maybe we can do that some week. We can just like speed run a review of something crap that only one of us has seen. <laughs> we'll just yeah. we'll each do our own one, our own review, just real quick, uh, and just blast through it. Um, That's not a bad yes, show, actually. The the first category is characters, which I feel like is important to talk about in this show, especially because oh my god, what a cast! Um, oh yeah, Amazon Prime, which is what the show's on, has a really nice feature when you like just click on the screen and it'll bring up little facts about the scene. It'll tell you like the character and the actor playing them in the scene. And then if there's like music, it'll tell you what the music is. And sometimes it'll just give you like a little bit of trivia. And yeah. man, I, I didn't know that before uh, um, watching Amazon. This is the first time I've noticed that feature, but God, it's so useful for this because I am awful for, especially in animated stuff being like, I know that voice, I know that voice. <laughs> But then I'm like, okay, I'll, have to, I'll Google the character or I'll wait till the show's over and then I'll Google and then I forget to do it later. So it was, I really, really enjoyed having that up. But yeah, shall I shall I run through some of our cast members now? Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's all, all I was going to add is, yeah, I love the X-ray feature as well, but I also love the trivia. So yeah. <laughs> I, you can add 10 minutes on any show I watch on Amazon Prime because I will, anytime I can see there's new trivia <laughs> popping up on the screen, I'll read it. I just... <laughs> And it was even amazing. It was like even some of the smaller characters were like voiced by really famous people. Like you just you'd click on just like it, sometimes you'd be just see someone else in the scene who's playing because you just assume oh that's a minor character. I'll just be like a general voice actor. And you click on it's like no, it's Mark Hamill was playing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have Invincible uh, or Mark played by Stephen Young, uh, Omni Man, J.K. Simmons, unbelievable. J.K. Simmons, so good. Um, and then I'll not go through all the characters, but we got Jillian Jacobs, Zizi Beat, Seth Rogen, Mark Hamill, Wally Goggs, Jason Manzukas, Sandra O, oh, Andrew Reynolds, Clancy Brown, uh, Jamon Hunso, uh, Justin Roiland, Ezra Miller. Like what? And many, many more. What an unbelievable lineup. Ezra Miller, I loved in this, by the way. He was only in like one episode, but I want to see Ezra Miller play those kind of roles. Um, yeah. Or yeah, two episodes. Sorry, like that. Uh, that was great. Great. The, the one that like took me by surprise the most. I was an example of like a random character, and well, I suppose this is the spoiler, so I don't have to like try and cover it up as to why he ended up having such an important voice actor. But uh, Titan, I think his name was. I just assumed he was like a minor baddie or whatever. And I look on, and he's voiced by Masharash Ali. That's yeah, I, I, I was like. But he's like a super, super famous actor. Why have they just got this? What like I know Amazon have money to burn, but they not just spunking money. Yeah, sorry, that's, that, that's not very PG. Sorry, just <laughs> flushing money down the toilet. Just get like this minor character voiced by uh, a guy who uh, may have won an Oscar. I can't remember. He was definitely Oscar nominated at the very least. Yeah. And then I find out there. Oh, so that's why they had him voiced by him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of. Gr- like great character or use of characters in like minor roles but giving them conclusions like concluding that arc or that plot but still opening up that character to come back in the future it was really good like there was there was enough planting of seeds without leaving anything open-ended which was really nice where like if this hadn't have got renewed for another season 
it still would have ended kind of nicely. Like it's still a, con- uh, an, a satisfying conclusion, but there's also definitely more than enough established that like this can go on forever now. And I'm very happy to watch more episodes. Um, definitely. I think this the guy who wrote this was absolutely obsessed with Chekhov's gun as a concept because basically yeah. there was barely anything that got shown on screen that didn't have some significance later. There was like even even stuff that <laughs> you would thought was pretty through a way that was maybe just setting something else up and <laughs> being yeah. important in like a few episodes time. Like the Mauler twins, I sort of thought was just the way they introduced the Guardians of the Globe and Omni Man that they yeah. end up being a pretty important part of the storylines uh i think the other one was the was like the little setup with the guard talking about taking his son on the trip to london and yeah. that also ended up feeding into off. yeah yeah unreal and the bin bag as well is <laughs> even the bin bag <laughs> being thrown by invincible yeah yeah <laughs> crazy Obviously, so good it's, it honestly it tells you why Chekhov's gun as a concept is so important that just yeah it, the audience recognizes when you reward them for paying attention uh, yeah it, it makes the show feel more complete I should say um I'm not meaning this in a patronizing way just if anyone listening doesn't know what Chekhov's gun is it's basically a concept um right uh, and writing for both plays and shows that if you sh- as most basic concept that derived from there was a gun over a fireplace in a play by Chekhov I can't remember which one and later it was used to shoot someone in the play sorry spoilers for a 200 year old play that we don't know the name of <laughs> yeah I think it might have been Uncle Vanya no actually I don't think it was um, but um sorry I, I'm not I'm not spotted up on my uh, Russian plays from the 1800s. Uh, but basically, but look, that's why people come to the Crack and Banter podcast. You need to be ready. Come on, some someone out there was like, "Oh, I'm so excited for historical Russian drama on this week's episode of the Crack and Banter podcast," and you've let them down. I'll be I'm fantastic sorry if we actually did that. So dense. But anyway, so yes, what the concept boiled down to is if you shoot, if you shoot a gun on screen, someone had to get shot with it and yeah. what that's been extrapolated out to is basically if you show something on screen or if you have a character then they have to do something or they have to or it has to be used later yeah and exactly you can't, you can't you shouldn't have anything redundant on screen basically and there was not a single redundant thing on screen during this series no. uh no not at all yeah i'm sure Chekhov's gun is one of those things that if you like if you start thinking about it you will just notice it absolutely everywhere um because it's good as like it's good as both a tool to use because it, it gives payoff and also as a like a uh, fact checker to make sure you haven't left any redundancies. So it kind of cancels mm-hmm. out on both ends. Like it adds in great things that c- give payoff, but it also takes out anything you don't need. So it's, it is an incredibly useful tool, I think. Um, but yeah, it is. It's so satisfying to see those things paid off, I think. Um, so yeah, do you, do you have any scores in mind for characters out of 10? I mean, I think it's really strong, you know? hard not to look at 10 i'm also i'm also conscious of the fact <laughs> that i don't want something to come along with better characters and then unseat this but everyone was perfectly we cast. gave falcon and the winter soldier a 10 on characters and i think i would say this is on par with that yeah like you say everyone's cast perfectly all the characters have done justice there's nobody who i think 
should have got more or less screen time. I, like, I think everybody was done well. I, I, I'd feel yeah. honestly, I'd feel more guilty taking off a point just because because I think it, it would be unfair to the characters. They deserve the ten, you know. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, is is it if it's even done to the point where one of the performances is so good? I'm actually trying to think of more J.K. Simmons movies I could watch just because I want to watch them and something else. I think I'm going to watch whiplash at some point because i've not seen nice. it before and i know right. it's supposed to be like as one of his best performances yeah, so yeah I mean, i'm actually i'm actually gonna be re-watching all of the spider-man movies so i'm Ooh, gonna watch straight choice. through toby Maguire into andrew garfield into tom holland so i'll be seeing i'll be seeing me some jk simmons <laughs> completely honestly i think um okay three is I don't mind three, but three is obviously not as good as the first two. I honestly think the first two Spider-Man movies are underrated. And I think I'm saying that even though I think most people recognize they're very good movies, I think they're still underrated as that. I yeah, think. definitely. Underrated I even, think... even just to the extent that they are not necessarily underrated, but so easily grouped in with, like you say, Spider-Man 3 and then the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man movies. Like, it's so easy to be like, there's those ones and then there's the Marvel ones. And that's like not true at all. Or the Disney ones, rather. Like I think Spider-Man 1 and 2 are incredible. I think if you're talking about in the context of superhero movies, and sorry, I know this is a bit off topic, but I think in the context of superhero movies, Spider-Man 2, I wouldn't put it just on its tier, but Spider-Man 2 is not that far off the Dark Knight. I, know that, I was I, just going to say that. That's probably where I'd put it. Certainly, yeah. like Dark Knight Rises, easily better than Dark Knight Rises, I'd say, and yeah. certainly around about. Like, I'd say it's Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, definitely, and then maybe around about Dark Knight, maybe just under. But certainly yeah. of that, like, what I would say, similar era of superhero movies, where like before we had the uh, extended universes and all that sort of stuff, where it was just people making movies. Like yeah. those Sam Raimi movies are great. Um, Dark Knight. But I've also just remembered how good Dark Knight is. Yeah, I just, yeah. That, that is, in my opinion, that's still the best superhero movie ever made. And I know that's not like a controversial opinion, but <laughs> I mean, honestly, what's close at the moment in like Infinity War, that's like the only thing I can think of that could make a claim to its crown. And even then, I still think the Dark Knight's better. Yeah, it's, it's tough to pick much better than that. I mean, it's hard because so many of the movies are so different anyway in tone, but like, that movie is is great <laughs> um but yeah I, I, that's not too much of a tangent this is still a superhero show and invincible yeah, as, a, as a character i feel like is very spider-man peter parker-esque you know yes. and he has that what? kind of yes. young teenager just got their powers kind of still has to push through yeah. all of the difficulty of uh growing up with with superpowers yeah. um, well if you want me to link it back somewhat i wouldn't say it's come i don't think it's at this at the point i'm going to say yeah but it could reach this point if uh, maybe as a second series or third series either on series one's quality or even pushing it even higher i don't yeah. think it's the most outlandish statement to say this could be this could set the bar for superhero tv series in the yeah. way that the dark knight or spider-man 2 set the bar for superhero movies i i think that's that's definitely true um i think it's been renewed for two more seasons which is good. I don't know if Amazon yeah. have the same habit as Netflix of like canceling after three seasons. I don't think they no, do. No, they're better um, for it. I mean, yeah, 
they they tend to let things sort of run their course. They don't commission as many series as Netflix, which is partially why they're yeah. more like. Oh, I'm not saying Netflix series aren't quality. I think some of the best TV series in recent years have come from Netflix, but I think generally Prime Video is more about quality over quantity. I don't want to be too controversial, but I would say that's more what they're about. I'm yeah. not shilling for Amazon. I mean, if um, Amazon on the buyer podcast, I will definitely <laughs> shill for I'm not shilling for Amazon. That is just genuinely how I feel because I use both services. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think that's true. And I, I like I could really see this um, partly just because it's it's so good and also because it's got so much source material already and it's got such a strong start. I could really see this going like a sort of Dragon Ball direction of like 25 seasons. You know, this can go for years and years uh, and kind of evolve into lots of different things and be one of those things that it's, hundreds of episodes of all pretty high quality stuff that is like absolutely cult beloved um and i know it's only one season so it's definitely early doors it could absolutely drop off next season but there's not been as many shows that i've had like such a strong faith in and also been like completely happy to see a hundred more episodes you know even other tv shows that i've loved i wouldn't be like yeah i'm in this for the long long haul like i'm gonna watch this forever now this i'm like yeah i'll watch this i will watch this until it stops forever (laughs) you know i'm i'm gonna be a bit pessimistic here and say i would prefer like just maybe three or four series that stay about in that stay like this level or slightly higher level of quality and then Mm -hmm. can be held up as the pinnacle of the genre for someone else to try and unseat rather than something that goes on for ages or not not even goes on for ages more just goes on in perpetuity like yeah. dragon ball z and obviously dragon ball z is still i've not watched it but i know from reading it's still apparently supposed to be pretty good but i just i think you know you would it's just it's what you want from it basically do you want something that like as a limited run but then gets held up um yeah. as what the as the absolute as i said the pinnacle of the genre or something that goes on uh and on just so that you always have a familiar thing to come back to which is what classically superhero comics would be i suppose if if, (laughs) this is a this is a dumb comparison but bear with me if (laughs) movies are the graphic novels of (laughs) This is such a stretched metaphor. I really I get it. look, I see it. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. Come on. If movies are graphic novels or one shots that you you have and it's one and done, that's one thing. Or and then should TV series maybe become like comic books where you get your more regular fix and it just goes on and on. It's really a matter of what you want. Yeah. Maybe it's better to view these series in a more classical sense as, as television series and let that inform your, direct, your decision-making rather than just looking at them purely as superhero series. But as I said, it's not me doing the creative direction and I wouldn't presume to know what's best. I think it's just something that they'll think about at some stage. Well, I, I do presume to know what's best and I say make it forever. <laughs> 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 no, I definitely know what you mean. And there's definitely, you know, Uh, things like the marvel tv shows that i think the limit limited series works far better for those because they're they are more telling a succinct story and because especially with those 
that have the movies as well and other TV shows that the characters can show up in again. It's different because we're still going to get those characters in other stuff. So these are just like different ways to explore that. But with a show like this, I think it is, it's just, it's completely different. I think it's, it's unfair to say just because they're both TV shows, <laughs> they need to do yeah. the same thing. There's no, there's never going to be like a one size fits all. So yeah. yeah, I don't really mind. We're getting more and that's, that's enough for now. I definitely. Yeah. Um, if I was to be slightly controversial, or maybe mm-hmm. cynical rather than controversial. I would say that the difference between this and the, the Marvel series is the Marvel series at the end of the day, it'll change when some of the, when you get some that are with uh, new characters that haven't been in the movies, but the moment, if we're being completely honest, as good as they've been, the Marvel TV series ha- are in service of the movies. They're to set up things that will, uh, be resolved in movies or to try and bridge the gap f- f- for certain characters from movie yeah. to movie and I'm, that probably is a bit cynical but I don't think it's inaccurate but as I said that'll yeah. probably change when some characters get uh, their first run out in the the TV series as opposed to movies like Kate Bishop I think will more be about uh, introducing a new character than uh, setting up a movie yeah. per se yeah, definitely. I think that that is definitely true. I think it's it's a, also a mix of, as you say, bridging the gap and stuff like that, but also easing us into the idea of TV shows to be like, okay, it's it's coming out week to week, but it's still basically a movie. You're okay, don't worry. Yeah. It's very much like the training wins of like, no, it's still these are the you've seen these characters before. The effects are still as good. It's still one story. Don't don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. And then gradually we'll maybe get into uh more more kind of stand on its own um tv shows but i think that's yeah i think that's oh. good there's a, a big mix there's so much tv now you know yeah oh sorry i should say because i got a bit rambly there the actual point was going to come on to was that's what the <laughs> disney series are about where something like this is for its own sake it's just about making a, a really good tv series yeah not serving an overarching plot line so i was gonna say i recognize that actually gives them a bit more freedom of what they want to do <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. the point it was going to get to. So I was saying uh, they have more choices than what they want to do with this series. Yes, definitely. I was, I'm actually glad you think you cut me off there because I'm not sure I was <laughs> ever actually going to get to that point if I was allowed to continue talking. It's just, just words coming out your mouth. That's it. Just keep saying words until we get there. Um, <laughs> our, our next category is, is normally direction, which I normally say for the live action stuff is like cool shots, basically. Um, for this, I was thinking we could go more like art style and the, the stylistic mm-hmm. choices of it. Um, I think it, I really like the art style. I think it, it definitely suits the TV show because it is, it literally looks, is almost a dead ringer for the comics. Like it looks so, so similar. Um, it's, yeah, as you said, I don't know if it's groundbreaking by any means, but it definitely is the right choice, you know? Um, so I'd say it's definitely like, in the positive end of the spectrum but i don't know if it's going to end up with like a massively high score but yeah what, yeah. what do you think yeah no i think i would i uh, that is what i would say i think it's pretty similar to sort of other um animated superhero stuff uh, uh if we're to compare what's similar to in the genre it's it's very good for what it is and I've not seen the comics, but as I have read, it does capture the feel of the comics very well. And it's a very well done example. The movements are smooth. Um, yeah. 
the coloring the colors are great ever everyone really pops off the screen which i actually think is a very underrated component of making an animated series I mean, yeah if you think it's not something like i don't know rick or morty or whatever which still looks good visually it's not so much about the characters like uh jumping out visually whereas yeah. something like this needs to jump out visually because you're trying to create uh larger than life characters and that needs to be reflected in the art style so i think it does that well but yeah as i said you know like how original is this i mean this isn't like that if you're just comparing me now this isn't like massively better in quality than lower budget tv series than like say harley quinn or whatever which isn't to put down its art style i'm just saying it's not like absolutely amazing i mean if you if we think about a scale of the quality of animation in superhero movies i think at the top at the moment you would have into the spider-verse yeah and you wouldn't put it on its level no no uh yeah i think yeah definitely deserves credit i do actually have so just just to i'm getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here but just to keep us right and um, we normally do another uh category on special effects so for that i've put like quality of animation and then for this oh, i'm talking right, more okay. just about like general design i guess would be the better maybe a better term um just so that we don't confuse ourselves too much it was a little bit tricky to adapt the scoring system yeah but i think this i think this works as talking about like design and and like more stylistic choices I think it works. It, it fits for what it's trying to do, especially like a show like this that is very much like plot and character driven. I, I think it kind of achieves everything it needs to. Some of the design is great, like those costumes and stuff and like the the way that people use their powers and stuff, like to still be coming up with original ideas for, for superheroes now. And I know this is maybe more down to the comics than the, the TV show itself, but even still, to come up with original uh ideas for superheroes and for abilities and stuff like that is that is so impressive to me because man it's hard to come up with new superpower ideas that haven't been done before or at least are like a new twist on a classic ability you know but there there are some great examples of this i think um monster girl is like a great such a great ability it's she's effectively yep. like the hulk but every time she uses her ability she gets younger so she's actually like 28 but she she looks like a sort of 11 12 year old or whatever um and yeah there's just some great great characters that it's like it's it feels very classically superhero it feels very classic comic book but it's a still like a nice a new idea that it's sort of like you can imagine someone had this idea in the 60s but it's just not one of the classics you know yeah I think, yeah, I think a great intangible of the series was its originality. Uh, mm. And I think some of the superpowers, as you say, are a great example. Like, I know he was played off as a bit of a comedy character, but I mean, uh, Rexplosion, honestly, yeah. I think it's one of the most original superpowers I've seen. I'm not entirely sure what it is. I think it's roughly, you can just basically turn any projectile into an explosive. Yeah, and that's it's, it's roughly what it is. It's Which basically, it's very similar to what Gambit can do from the X-Men, although Gambit's is more like a kinetic or a concussive force, uh, but it's the same idea as like touch-based and then he makes stuff explode, which is very, very cool. Um, also, that character is just hilarious. <laughs> but also like oh, a very good character as well, but man, yeah. just Manzucas, oh, the best. I sort of thought it was rigid. At the start, he was going to end up being a villain or something, but the way I thought it was quite, a refreshing 
arc to a certain extent uh, where sort of the asshole of the group actually Im- improves and grows as a person across the yeah. series I, I quite like that um, it's nice also- it's nice to see like a jerk hero get redeemed rather than a villain you know it's almost yeah. become like a staple of the genre for a villain to be redeemed that it's nice for just like the guy who's an asshole to be redeemed because <laughs> at least that like that that never happens now bullies just get their comeuppance <laughs> in in tv shows now so yeah it's nice like it actually makes more sense that yeah this guy like he, he still wants to do the right thing he's just mean but it's, so it's good that he becomes a better person rather than uh yeah just like the evil people <laughs> actually i don't know why i kept thinking the the mauler is that what they're called the mauler twins the two blue yeah, guys i yeah. kept thinking they were going to turn good i'm not sure why i just kept thinking they were <laughs> Well, I thought they might, they would maybe fight with the good guys in like a selfish, you know, they're just doing this because, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend or whatever, because they are, they're very much selfish, selfish characters. Like, I don't think they were going to turn to be, um, you know, and by, uh, by any means, perfect, <laughs> perfect heroes, you know. Uh, but yes. So as an overall design, stylistic choices, what do you think? Like a seven? Uh, I was going to say yeah, but actually I think we should try and use. I don't want to end up having a lower score than it deserves. But I think, <laughs> considering as I said, how crowded the top is getting, maybe we do need to be more critical when we actually have to be. So I would say seven yeah. is probably fair. Yeah, I think when we when we notice something is bad, we need to address not it. Bad, <laughs> just not bad, not not yeah, like yeah. immediately praising it just because. We like uh, everything else in the series is yeah uh, amazing and i'm not saying this isn't very good I'm just saying it's maybe not like we need it's, to it's, not we need to... it's more if, if it was if it was more innovative that would yes. maybe be something but it's not it's not particularly original yeah we we need to validate our criticisms so i think it makes <laughs> sense to to knock scores down sometimes okay next up we have the the writing of the show so the the plot and the uh how not so much characters because we've got a separate section for that but just how the story develops um i mean this is very strong for this show again <laughs> it is written very well i think everybody kind of as you say it, it wraps up nicely it, it concludes but it also it's oh man i i, I don't know i think it's good <laughs> it's tricky to come up with anything else other than that uh well i can i i'll I'll just say, as soon as I already know the writing's great, I don't think I need to like massively go on about it. I just pick out one of my favorite storylines and best oh, written yeah. storylines was Titan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying I dislike him, though. I'm just saying it, it did, the carpet was pulled out from under me a bit because sort of like I ended up having massive sympathy for this guy and seeing, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's in conflict. I think. He is going to be a villain. I'm just not sure. I don't think he's going to be the worst, worst villain. Yeah. Um, but I, I ended up uh, empathizing with this character a lot, um, especially sort of when you saw how he genuinely seemed to care for the people in his community and yeah. that he was trying to do the best for his daughter. And at the time, it seemed like he didn't want to be involved with crime. He was just uh, tangled up in it through no choice of his own. Yeah. So I, I thought, that storyline uh, was, I thought, was one of the best written in the whole series. And I think it'll have greater significance um, next series because I assume he's going to become 
uh, a major player, uh, yeah. Titan. Uh, so I, I, I'm very interested to see if that goes well or he lets Parker corrupt him or if he does genuinely try to improve his uh, the city and his community, even if it's through slightly nefarious means. Yeah, I think we could we could see that character go a direction that I, I think is quite nice and not, actually not that, not overused by any means for a villain, which is like, uh, I want to improve the community, but only I can do it kind of thing. Like nobody's going to yeah. be able to understand these people the way I do kind of thing, which I think is a really cool um, direction for a villain that, yeah, I don't think we, we've seen a lot of. And it does make you sympathize with them because it's they're still trying to do good, but it's that thing of like, but no one else can come near me. You know, I'm not going to let anybody challenge my, my throne kind of thing, uh, which I think is quite fun. I really like that. But yeah, Titan, that is a, a really some really great writing. I think, I mean, it's pretty much the main plot, but um, uh, obviously all the Omni-Man stuff and, um, oh, I've forgotten his name, the Demon Detective. Uh, uh, it was like Dark... Wait, it's Dark not Dark... Right? I keep, That's a Dark... Yeah, I was going to say, I, can't, I keep confusing his name because it does sound like <laughs> Darkwing Duck. Yeah, it's Dark something, something, something. He's basically he's kind of like Hellboy, but he's a detective. Um, yeah. I really like that demon detective. That's just a cool. That's a very cool uh, aesthetic already. <laughs> Played by uh, the excellent Clancy Brown. Who yeah, listeners might better know as Mister Krabs from SpongeBob. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, especially early on from SpongeBob because I love SpongeBob when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But sort of. Uh, this only further uh, reinforced my view that he's actually a very, very good actor. And yeah, uh, part of what confirmed it for me was I think probably actually maybe about two years ago now I played a great video game. It was a story-based video game called Detroit Become Human about androids oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And he played sort of a drunken, washed-up detective who didn't like mm. androids but got partnered with one. Sort of, it's a very good storyline and. Uh, he he was just he was just brilliant and the way his sort of relationship with his android uh partner changed over time was great and he acted it really really well so i'd i'd love to see him in more live action stuff you know, yeah. th- th- this video game wasn't technically live action but it was all motion captured so it's basically yeah, yeah. as close as you can get to live action without it being live action so i mean i think honestly i would love i think he could play any number of villains in the MCU, whether uh, they're human or if he's in the ping pong ball suit like Josh Brolin was. Or he'd actually, he'd actually be a great dark side uh, in in DC yeah. universe. I don't know if that obviously someone is cast as dark side, but I don't know how concrete that is because we haven't really got a massive dark side appearance. But also, that Justice League movie doesn't count. So whatever, cast, <laughs> yeah. get Clancy Brown in as <laughs> as a dark side. That's for, oh, I like that a lot actually. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so uh, writing then, what do you think? An eight uh, or nine? I mean, it's good, I, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm honestly sort of struggling to call it between a nine and a ten. Actually, is it is it um, too generous to say ten? I, I think it, it is at least a nine. I, I think I'll say nine. I think there is. As much as it is probably tens the whole way through, there's some dialogue that's a little bit maybe by the book. Um, maybe some, it's probably, I'm sort of, um, 
not being biased, but it's maybe it's easier to ignore some of the weaker dialogue at times, probably just because the quality of the voice acting is so exactly. good, it can elevate yeah. any weaker material. Yes, exactly. It's try, trying to separate these uh, categories, especially in a show like this, is, is pretty tricky. But okay, it's kind of always tricky. So <laughs> uh, we'll just have to we'll just have to go through. Um, all right. Next up, we have what I was saying about earlier. Um, normally, it's our special effects, but obviously, in a, an animated show, we can't do that. So this is just the the quality of the animation. I feel like this is probably where it could lose a few points purely just because. I don't want to say they cut corners because that's that's not really fair to what it is, but I think there are some points where there's less focus on the animation because the focus is on character and, and the incredible performances that kind of, almost on purpose, they, they won't have a lot of movement in that. It'll just be like a static shot with the, uh, the mouth moving and stuff. Like, I think that is... Yeah, I don't want to say cutting corners, but you know what I mean, where not there's so many scenes where it's just like a slow pan of, of a background or whatever, and then the character flying through, so, something like that, where it it is purposefully kind of simple, but because it's so much so much driven by by story and by characters. So I think the maybe the quality isn't absolutely perfect. Fight scenes are animated at well though. And mm. Especially when it's between two flying characters, it does actually follow the action quite well. Yeah. Um, which is sort of, I, I don't really tend to like fights between flying characters that much in superhero movies just because it ends up, you know, the amount of camera check as they're followed and motion blur yeah. ends up being quite difficult to see what happens. But I, yeah, I always it's thought, always a little bit like rubbery and uh, you can't. You don't always really feel the weight of characters when they're kind of flying as well. Uh, yeah. Obviously, oh yeah, yeah, flying is. <laughs> but I, in this, I you really those those punches really hit, you know. Oh yeah, actually, I was going to say that was a big uh, tick in the positives column for the quality of animation. Uh, punches and stuff do feel like they have impact, which I yeah. think is hard to capture in animation. Yeah, which actually, I mean, we don't have a sound design category for this just because i feel like neither of us are well versed enough to, to yeah. talk about it but that is something that definitely deserves to be mentioned just like the the squelches and the womps and the bumps as people uh just smash into each other are absolutely unreal in in this like sign design is something i am trying to make myself notice more and more because yeah. when i do think about it or when it's done well, I'm like, oh my god, this is insane! Like, it really elevates movies so much, and you don't notice it. Like, you won't notice it in a, in a bad or a good movie. You'll just notice that the movie was good. So I'm really trying to like train my ear to understand when sound uh, design is really, really impressive. Um, because I think it is. It's done really, really well in this. Yeah. Uh, so that's just, definitely, definitely some pluses in that. I was just trying to try and think of some examples really good animation in the, the series and I sort of thought that scene in the last episode during the uh, Invincible versus Omni-Man fight where yeah. Omni-Man uh, destroys the train using <laughs> Invincible's yeah. face that yeah. is that is like I, I'm not sure I'd say I got goosebumps but like you sort of you knew the animation was good because of how gory and sort of realistic I, I i felt genuinely pretty disgusted when i was watching it happen and i think that's yeah. the sign it was animated really well 
Yeah, I mean, pretty across the board, whenever I whenever I knew something gory was about to happen, I could feel my face starting to like clench up, it, like in preparation to turn away or close my eyes. You know, it, uh, like you're saying in that last episode or maybe second to last episode, um, where the the pilot um kind of escapes, uh, emergency launches from his plane and then Invincible kind of catches him and and brings him to the ground safely, and then Omni Man lands behind him and he just like squashes his head and it was one of those where as soon as omni-man landed i could feel my eyes sort of half closing just because i knew what was about to happen man that guy loves squishing heads doesn't he oh red rush's murder was probably one of the most graphic things i think i'll ever oh. see in an animated <laughs> series yeah oh yeah that that fight i mean that is that's the get you hooked scene isn't it that last yeah. uh final scene of the first episode where Omni-Man defeats the the Guardians of the Globe. God, it's just... Oh, absolutely slaughtered. Like, well, not even, because they they put up a good fight, to be fair. But They actually, um, I was reading online, people think that if they sort of they held back a little bit at the start because they weren't quite sure what was happening. I've actually seen people say that they think probably if the guardians had some level of preparation were going for the kill from the start yeah and as and worked as a team they probably actually could beat omni man which probably. i thought was interesting because uh, i mean if you thought if you think like the condition sort of them a bit disorganized left um yeah. omni man and it's not impossible they actually could have beaten especially if you know they they have they utilize red rush better because it actually seemed like he did the most damage to omni man yeah um yeah definitely but then i've also seen theories that omni man was letting himself get beat up so that he would be seem less suspicious as well so what maybe maybe there's more to it than that but who knows we're hard, not we're not the writers <laughs> hard to say because it's as powerful as he's made to look it's definitely not painted as being quite invincible which i know is ironic because nice. like his son's called invincible the show's called invincible but I mean, you even saw the kaiju did a fair bit of damage to him when it was drugged up and probably would have... Nah, he might have... I don't know if he would have beaten him necessarily, but he could have done a fair bit of damage to him if Invincible hadn't killed the kaiju. Or yeah. I don't know if he actually killed him, but he definitely stopped him. Yeah, yeah, true. It's un- unclear. There's no There's no direct, uh, like, par categories, so... <laughs> We can't be well, can't be completely sure because we don't see like a lot of screen time from the original Guardians of the Globe either. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. I think Omni Man's pretty fair. strong. It's a decent bit of writing, not not making him quite invincible, uh, Omni Man. Because I mean, it sort of at least makes you feel like if there is a part two of his fight with Invincible, that Invincible does have a chance. Because you know, like, yeah. it's sort of like when someone fights it around, it's like this is pointless. Superman yeah. doesn't lose because he's never <laughs> painted as having any real weaknesses. And even like, I mean, even still, you know, if he gets beaten, he'll probably come back through some nonsense. It's like apocalypse. No, not mm-hmm. apocalypse, uh, doomsday. Um, yeah. Even he was only Superman still beat him, and even he was only able to keep him down for a few months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um no, I think, yeah, the, some of the fight scenes in this are, are really, really great. So what are you thinking? Quality of animation. I think what, definitely what we, some... 
some what pluses, we, some drawbacks. I don't know. <laughs> what did we rate the art as? Uh, seven. We gave that. I think it was half a point better than the art. I think. Yeah. The quality of the anime, the amount of money they spent on the series showed was like uh, the quality of the animation. I mean, it clearly had, it clearly had like more frames uh, per second than your average animation looked very smooth. Uh, yeah. I, I would say it's half a point better. Yeah, definitely. They they saved up the high quality for the the fights, and then when they needed to have more story character stuff, then they would have more of those uh, kind of static shots. I think it, it really worked. Like, yeah, there was action where there needed to be, and there wasn't action where there didn't need to be, and I think it, it really utilized that well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. All right, last category. Well, kind of, is <laughs> just how much you liked it. Score out of ten for how much we liked it. I mean. Feels like we liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I'm quite in terms of TV. I do have a binging personality, but I was even even I was a bit surprised just how quickly I got through this. And I know I do have a fair lot of free time at the moment. I haven't just finished exams and stuff, but yeah, I, I, I honestly even at that, I think I went through this series very quickly. So I mean, it definitely got hooks into me. Yeah. No, I, I would definitely agree. I, I really liked this. I mean, we've just, we've seen so much good TV recently, you know, it's, I'm honestly kind of impressed that I, that I wasn't sick of it, like wasn't sick of just watching TV, you know, um, almost like there's too much new stuff. I need like, I need comforting old stuff that I've watched a million times already. I, I hate watching new stuff, but this absolutely, absolutely got me. So uh, I was just checking, we, we gave Falcon and the Winter Soldier a nine, so where do you reckon this lands compared to that? Uh, for how much I enjoyed it, I would definitely say nine and a half. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to still see a 10 for something special. I think for something yeah. like 10 and so how much I enjoyed it would have to be like one of my favorite ever series. So just like to give you an idea of what I would put up at 10. Oh my goodness, there isn't actually a lot of stuff. 10 is like really high standard for me. I'm... Oh my goodness, I'm trying to think of stuff. There's not a lot, maybe. I don't know if I've Breaking seen a 10 bad. yet. Breaking Bad, I think, would be the only, is one of the few things I can mm. think that would probably hit a perfect 10 for how much I enjoyed it. Nice. Um, Walking Dead at times reached up, which is like the overall quality of the series wouldn't be high enough to justify a 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. Game of Thrones up to a point. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of stuff that, I mean, I'm just trying to make the point as to how good, yeah, yeah. It, it has to be even get nine and a half in my eyes. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Ten, we need, um, especially for like how much we enjoyed it, you know, it's it's slightly easier for the other categories to pick a ten when we just can't fault it. But for how much we enjoyed it, like that is completely down to us being like, I enjoyed it a lot, but I don't, I don't think that there's nothing better, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah. To give it a ten, well, we have to we have to fully believe that there isn't anything better that we could have watched or could probably ever in watch. Retros retrospect. If Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a nine, I think we rated it that because of what we rated at one division. I probably in retrospect, I'm not sure we should do that. Change review scores in retrospect. Probably no. more both of those series by a point. <laughs> I don't know. I I really love Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think nine and a half yeah. seems right because I would say enjoyment level i probably enjoyed this as much but as i was saying earlier i think i was more excited week to week to watch this than i was falcon and winter soldier so i think that that earns it the extra half point but i i stand by my nine for falcon and winter soldier i i 
thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, it's just, I just you know I'm I'm just trying to. Is this is honestly because I've been worried about like the denseness of our reviews, <laughs> and not not that our reviews are dense, just like how many of them end up clustered around a similar score that I'm starting to think we should maybe try and use more of the scale. It's more about <laughs> that, to be honest. Yes, but I think we we have to be fair. When things are good, we have to we have to say they're good, you know, because otherwise we could easily we could so easily have gone the other way if uh, if we give Falcon and the Soldier an eight and then this comes out and it wasn't as good and we kind of want to give it like a six or a seven then we're going oh but Falcon and the Soldier seemed better than that <laughs> you know so it's yeah. all it's all relative isn't it um, yeah maybe I'm, but, maybe I'm taking these too seriously <laughs> I, I, <laughs> certainly, certainly the people who are listening to this podcast are not taking these or at least I would hope we're not taking these ratings too seriously yeah no no, no, no. I think everyone's sitting at home they I think people before they even watch the show they're like i'm not watching this unless crack and banter give it over 40 out of 50. <laughs> um i think it's what worth remembering that if you're listening to these maybe a while down the line you think and some of the i don't, I don't know i assume they still will age well but so if maybe one of the series ends up losing its luster over time yeah and you wonder why we gave it such a high score you have to remember most of the these are done not that long after we finished them so there is a bit of like post-watch hype that is true. That is true. Also, yeah, because I guess we will have to address the fact that this is Invincible season one. Like, we'll have to go season yeah. by season. We can't do the entire show uh, based on that unless, I don't know, maybe we'll we'll rethink it and we'll maybe adjust scores in season two. But I feel like the safest thing is to do each season kind of uh, independently. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, all right. And then the last thing, we can opt, opt to give a bonus... Uh, score out of five that doesn't contribute to the final total or the final overall but uh, it gives an an ex a potential extra for little things that we couldn't quite put our finger on now i think we've done pretty well objectively through this i don't know if there is a lot of extra bonus that i can think of um i think we've kind of we've ranked it pretty solidly um but do you do you have any bonus points you want to give it uh, the only thing I can think of is I would like to maybe just give it, as I said earlier, some credit for its originality. It's just... Yes. It, it did feel like... Because, I mean, this the superhero genre is becoming an increasingly crowded space. Um, so in that sense, it is getting harder and harder to come up with something that feels new or original. And I think recently we've had three really good examples of it and that I think this... The boys in one division mm-hmm. have done something much uh, new and different with the genre, which I think is very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the boys is such a good TV show. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think you're right there. I think that definitely deserves it. I mean, should it get a bonus point for having such a good cast, or is that just a bonus point for Amazon having money? I don't know. If- <laughs> But that um, maybe we can change that to sort of like maybe one for clearly the level of love with which it was made. I don't know how yes. much influence it had from your the fellow who wrote it originally, Robert Kirkman, but it definitely felt like it was made. If it wasn't his influence, it was definitely from someone who was a fan of the comic book because there was yeah. a lot of love and attention and care. Put yeah, into whoever made this wanted to make it, it wasn't boardroom execs being like what comics are there you know it was made because someone wanted to make a good show and they definitely succeeded so two bonus points you think that seems good to me yeah i'm trying to think what else could get a bonus point i uh 
so, some of the, like the I, I can't remember if there's like any original score in it but like some of the songs they license fit scenes pretty well yeah that's actually one of the little bits of trivia uh, that i spotted was that all of the uh, every time the mauler twins were on screen their music was um run the jewels just different yeah. run the jewels songs which i was like that fits <laughs> yeah that works <laughs> i like that Maybe um, a plus one for the best running joke in television this year, which is the Pentagon side <laughs> parking in rear. <laughs> that is a ah, oh, that is a really good joke, actually. I only spotted that like in the last couple of episodes, but that after I spotted it, that and I was like, oh man, that is a really great joke. All right, yeah. three bonus points then. That's pretty good. Yeah. That sounds seems good to me. Okay, which is given what invincible. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I don't, I no, don't no, want to interrupt ahead. you, but I was just going to say, just so they, it gives the meaning tree, maybe like count the bonus points you give out. And obviously, because they don't count to the overall score uh, in the rankings, those can be like goal difference almost, just if like something's on the same score, it can split them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Okay. Because that then is going to give Invincible a score of... 46 out of 50 which places it one higher than falcon and the winter soldier on 45 that i i like that i like that let me check what our bonus was for falcon and the winter soldier as well because we want to be right okay we only gave uh falcon and the winter soldier a plus one in bonus so uh it's actually it would be so falcon and the winter soldier would actually rank higher without its bonus it would get it would be 44 invincible 43 but Invincible's bonus has uh, has put it above. So there you go. It's interesting how much that difference can make. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 happy with that though. I think that seems that seems right to me. Um, based on what we've got so far, are you happy with that? Uh yeah. I'm still worried that we've the scale's not wide enough. But look, I have you've to remember to worrying. say that it, it's not that important. It's it's just. <laughs> It's just the rankings of a light entertainment podcast. Exactly. I think you also have to remember that these are good shows. Like we've watched good stuff. It, it feels bad because they're so close, but I, I feel like they are close, you know, in my head, they are, they're all good stuff. You know, it, it's, it feels bad because we they've just all been right after each other and they've all been, we've like started off so, so well, but yeah, I, I feel fair because they, I reckon these will we will look back on these as being great shows. And listen, some something crap's gonna come out sooner or later. And yeah. at, at least now we've positioned ourselves that if something comes out and it's bad, it's like win-win. Now when a when a TV show comes out, if it's great, amazing, a good TV show comes out, we get to watch something good. And if it's bad, great, we've got some more range on our <laughs> on our podcast to talk about, you know. So we've yeah. positioned ourselves nicely that it when a new tv show comes out that we that we're gonna watch it doesn't matter whether it's good or not we're, we've got we're gonna get some some content out of it either way <laughs> it's so bizarre when you're talking to like your friends about watching someone's like really really anticipating everyone's massively disappointed like i'm so happy it's so good <laughs> they're just like yeah but but it was crap it's like yeah no but means i'm gonna have something more interesting to talk about in my podcast oh yeah yeah it, it is weird you know podcasts really do not not massively but to a certain degree change the way you watch things because whenever i watch something now and something in it really annoys me i'm like yes <laughs> because yeah. normally we're pretty pretty happy on this podcast but every so often 
I feel like more so me than you will go on a little bit of a rant when something annoys me. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if people, if the audience likes that or not, but I certainly like venting about annoying things in movies because normally it would just fester in my brain uh, until I until I talk about it. So now I'm like, at least I know I'm guaranteed uh, week to week to be able to vent about annoying stuff. So. Well, it's not possible because of about things all the time, especially when it comes to television movies. You'll see something that pisses you off. Exactly. Uh, also, I was also thinking, we only really care about like what we give ratings we give things because we actually have a fairly wide ratings as it's on yeah. a wide scale and we keep a list of things we've rated. And you think movie magazines, be fair, it's because they have to rate like maybe 20 movies an issue. I mean, they'll give like 10 things a year, five stars out of five. And that's not like saying all these movies are equal. It's just like on a rating scale. It's yeah, as good exactly. as it can be. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, we could so easily just do our review as like, we just have a conversation about it. And then maybe at the end, give a score out of 10. But mm. listen, that's not us. All right. We're meticulous. We like, I think it's good. We like rules and categories and numbers. Okay, <laughs> That's what we like when we're talking about when we like to analyze stuff. We don't like it to be uh, opinion. We don't like it to be conversation. We like it to be analytical. <laughs> We like spreadsheets. That's that's more our vibe. Look, okay. Uh, to be fair, I think to be different, but it boils down to hard numbers. That's what we like. To be fair, I think it's good. Use a more narrow rating scale. You know, um, it's, if something's weak, higher quality in a different area can pull it up. Uh, but at least this way, when something maybe finally gets a perfect score in a rating system you'll know it, it really deserves it because it means it's brilliant across yeah. the board everything about it's brilliant yeah exactly exactly um for sure uh but yes that's been our our invincible review uh are you happy to move on look um yeah yeah go for it awesome awesome that'll bring us into our next little section which is have you seen this this is the segment of the show where we talk about what we've been watching or playing or reading throughout the last week, and we just have a little bit of a chat about it. Uh, so, look, I'll go first. Have you seen Final Space? No, and I can't quite think what it is. It, all, it rings a bell. Yeah. Uh, Final Space is an animated show on Netflix. It uh, I watched it maybe a year or two ago, and then I just started re-watching it because a new season is coming out. I think there are maybe two seasons on Netflix maybe three can't quite remember and then the new season has just come out so it's either season 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 three or season four that's just coming out I can't remember I'm not sure if it's come out or coming out because I think it comes out on uh somewhere else before it goes on to Netflix so um it's a, one of those weird Netflix deal things um but it's it's really funny uh very good just like cartoon sci-fi show uh comedy show sort of I don't really know. It's it's not really Rick and Morty in, in, in its vibe, but I guess that's maybe the closest thing to, to relate it to. A bit sillier, I guess. A bit less, like, you have to be smart to follow this. Like, there's not really many deep themes in it. It's more just funny and quite heartwarming in a, in a lot of things. And sometimes, like, quite heartbreaking. The characters are really, really great in, in the show. They're, like, I would say that's probably one of its strengths is very dynamic characters. You know, every character as silly as they are every character is different and like looks really cool looks really uh, unique and has quite a unique story um but yeah it's just very good very funny and 
I, I remember loving it when it came out. So I'm excited to to rewatch it again because it, it has been a wee while since I've watched it. So I'm excited to rewatch it and um, yeah, let you know how good it is. I only restarted it yesterday. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch it again. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so is, is, is there any one sort of famous doing like the voice cast or is it just like, um, no, the voice actors aren't famous. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. It sounds like I'm uh, being mean to them, but more just like, is it like actors or voice actors doing it? I think it is some people you would know, but I can't remember the cast off the top of my head. I'll I'll, I'll come back to it, I'm sure, again, because I, I am just starting it. But um, I'll I'll maybe mention next week if I've watched any more or or coming up. <laughs> what have you been What have you been into? Uh, sort of. A, I have been watching stuff this week, but it's only like it was only one movie, which is was about pretty heavy stuff. So like, I'll maybe just talk about it a different time. I don't really feel like talking about it now. Like, and I sort of watched a few episodes of TV series, didn't finish any. So I'll just talk about something I watched uh, the other week. Um, so mm-hmm. I remember I said, when I talked about opera, uh, about Overlord, the Nazi yeah. zombie movie, uh, I said I've watched three movies that week. And I just talked about that because mm-hmm. it was the most recent. Uh, well, one of the other movies I watched uh, last week, and it was my favorite of the three movies I watched. So have you seen Birds of Prey? Or, as it is also known, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I have. I actually rewatched it recently too. Um, unbelievable. So good. It's very good. So what I would say, I think without trying to sound like a Liam um, guy trying to sound like he's very woke when he's in fact a complete idiot, I would say... I thought this is probably about as feminist as superheroes of movies I've ever gotten. Yeah, yeah. Just about. And what I mean by that is obviously the main cast is um, is nearly all women, with the exception, I think, of the villains. Um, but what I would say makes it feminist is because it is not... Well, I'm sure it was trying to be in a certain sense, but it's not going out of its way to be feminist. Like, there's no scene where, like... Uh, a woman, a woman just feels like the stereotypical strong woman role. Yes, it's actual characters who are also women. It's it's not yeah. like so. I know there's I no like really, really there's no mean, there's no, but, but I, I know what you mean. There's no like wink to camera, look at us gals. You know, there's no like there's no like, like that. There's no you know um, adventures and game scene. Yeah, which is always a little bit. A little stands out for good or bad. I think it was like I think it was how the shot was composed and and game. It was sort mm-hmm. of like it, it didn't feel like there was any natural reason for them to be standing like that. Like they'd been arranged like a skill photo. But anyway, yes. I'm not I'll not I'll not dwell on that. I think you sort of explained it well enough. But basically, um I, I don't know if it, I mean the other thing I think of it uh, in that context was I don't know if it was a deliberate choice or if it was just because they couldn't catch Harris but the Joker never actually appears on screen, which I thought was a yeah. very good choice because you know, um, a lot of times the character of Harley Quinn can only appear in the context of uh, being Joker's sidekick. Uh, and yeah. uh, to be fair, that's not been as much of a thing they've tried to move away from that. But I mean, it was it was a thing in Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, well, it was how the character came about. The character didn't even exist in the comics. Harley Harley Quinn was created for 
think Batman the animated series. Um, so she was literally just girl Joker. Like that was kind of her whole character when she was invented. So yeah, it, it speaks so much to how how beloved that character is and how much it has developed that now we can get movies like this. I think that's that's yeah. really cool. As so many characters like Batgirl, it is literally girl Batman, you know, and Supergirl is girl Superman. Like it's it's nice that now we get these movies where it doesn't need to be a Joker movie for Harley Quinn to be in it because that character is incredible. As we said, like me and you both have talked about the Harley Quinn TV show that we love. Uh, Harley Quinn is was such a strong character in Suicide Squad as well. So like, yeah, deserve deserved to have a movie that wasn't a Joker movie. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yes, I should say I'm not like trying to say like the character's origin story should be ignored or whatever. I'm just saying I like the character enough, and I think most people do. That yeah. it, it doesn't need Joker as a crutch, and I think this movie showed it in the same way. It's like it's not to say her story should never feature Joker. It's just you know, like in the same way. Batman a lot of the times when the writer can't figure out what to do it's just like you know throw Joker in <laughs> like yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> sorry that, that's more what I'm getting at yes um, I think also yes. uh I think also Margot Robbie did not need the crutch of Jared Leto holding her back <laughs> because yeah. man I don't I did not need that in this movie like the movie is so good the last thing it needed was a Jared Leto scene you know yeah he would have um, felt really jar- jarring you know, that's actually yeah. the weirdest part. This Harley Quinn does not go with this Joker. No, this not, Harley Quinn not feels, slightly. This Harley Quinn feels, like, way closer stylistically than uh, maybe, like, Tim Burton's Joker almost. Uh, yeah. A much darker, a much, like, more violent and probably younger version of that. But, you know, yeah. it's sort of, yeah. and it's like, you, <laughs> this Harley Quinn's really fun. Jared Leto's Joker is not a fun Joker. No. No. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll move on past that now because I was, I, 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 I mean, I'm talking out my ass most of the time. But when I try to talk about stuff like that, you can really tell I'm talking out my ass. But anyway, I was just we like this like, movie. Yes, I like that feminist, that feminist aspect of it. What? Yeah, I would say just in terms of a superhero movie, I really liked about it is it, and the way I've said this before until it builds itself up a bit dc cannot go two to two with marvel it just can't mm-hmm. it, it's it, the consistency of the films is just not good enough so yeah. when it does its own thing with a movie like this um i don't know it didn't quite stick the landing on it but what it tried to do with suicide squad and what i think it's going to do with this new suicide squad movie is where yeah. it sort of carves out its own path as i think that works much better that's sort of like punky really colorful slightly fantastical yeah uh, style super movie with lots of comic style action and humor i think it works way way better than trying to make like and i'm not saying i didn't like movies because also those sorts of movies because also i was a big fan of Zack snyder's cut of justice league Mm -hmm. i just think this is definitely the direction they should be going it should be more sort of and I'm saying that I don't know how you do a Batman movie in this style, but I think for the moment, DC's strongest approach is making movies more like this and yeah. James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which are fun, and they know they're... Ultimately, Marvel have done a very good job of dressing up. Ultimately, let's, be, let's face it, the concept of superheroes and the comics that they originally originated from are very, very, very silly. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, chemicals think- chemicals don't blow up green like that, you know? Uh, <laughs> things don't say bam when they explode. You know, people don't wear outfits like this. Like, all those things are true, but you can you can still put that in a movie and people will still like it. You know, people liked those comics when they weren't realistic. So I, yeah. I like that you can kind of... It's weird because DC are kind of... They're doing these... What feel... A, a, in a lot of ways, grittier and kind of more grounded, but also far more fantastical than Marvel, where Marvel is like still very colorful and vibrant and doing crazy like magic sci-fi space stuff, but still always has that like, but we can explain it, you know, it always feels like it's still real or kind of in a version of our real world. Whereas DC, it feels more like a comic booky world, or at least in what you're kind of saying and what I yeah. would like to see more of. It's like, similar to what I think the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies are like it, it doesn't feel real it's it's a comic book version of the world like it's it's kind of you can justify you can get away with it feeling like a set sometimes or it feeling like a non-real place because it's not real you know and it can still be it can still be fun without being real I think is what I'm trying to say like it can still be good when ridiculous things happen as this has proven so yeah I I, I want to see more stuff like this and as you're saying I think Suicide Squad looks the new Suicide Squad looks really, really good and kind of continue in this direction. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I've i gone on quite long about what I think is a quite short segment, but basically uh, really, really good movie would highly recommend, especially mm-hmm. if, you, if you like the Harley Quinn character. The two things I will, I will finish with is both, as I've said, I think Keely Coco is the animated Harley Quinn, but I think Margot Robbie is now absolutely synonymous on screen with that role. And let's be honest, yeah. I think it's hers as long as she wants it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the same way, you know, and I know obviously they decided to call it a day, but like uh, Robert Downey Jr. could continue to be Tony Stark as long as he wanted. He became synonymous with that. And um, yeah. Chris Evans did with Captain America, Chris Hemsworth with Thor. I think we're now at a stage where Margot Robbie is at that level with Harley Quinn. Definitely. Um, and the only other thing I'll just pick out uh, was about two other characters, and that was Ewan McGregor should do villains more often. I know he's like such a stereotypical good guy with sort of like his good looks and his yeah. pleasant demeanor, but he played Black Mask brilliantly because previously that would not have been a Batman villain and was overly fussed on, but he yeah. played it really well. The only other thing is I absolutely loved Huntress, and I think probably most yeah. people who watched that movie did. <laughs> So like, yeah. played sort of being a bit unsure of herself, but an absolutely lethal killer really well. I yeah, I love the idea of like a a socially anxious assassin. Just so funny. Like Hudges is incredible, but yes, very glad you gave you and McGregor that shout out because man, that black mask portrayal is so funny. <laughs> you and McGregor coining a catchphrase. I I never thought I'd hear from Black Mask of. Ew. <laughs> just the amount of times he addresses things as be, being like gross or ew and like especially just it's funny to show a character a villainous character being the worst in like very evil villainous ways when he's like getting victors as to cut people's faces off but then also to just make them like an ass <laughs> as well yeah. like day to day where he's like taking these incredibly important cultural items that are like ancient incredibly meaningful to these other cultures and he's like yeah they 
it, it means so much to them. And now it's just sitting in my office, like, ew, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's so funny. Like, just, yeah, I, I love that, making making a villain evil, but then also just making them bad, you know? Yeah. Like, it, was, it, it was really sort of, does make you like, yeah, this guy's the worst. <laughs> and so it was sort of like, it, it worked, because obviously there's more fantastical elements of it, like him having people... Uh, people's faces cut off for the fact that some of the ways in which he was an asshole you can very much find people like that in real life like exactly just the sheer yeah. amount of like casual racism from them and like yeah. misogyny <laughs> it was and it, those things aren't funny but just in the way like they shouldn't stand out so much from a villain whose main thing as we said was cutting off people's faces but just the way it was yeah. written they d- it did stand out. Yes, the, the thing that makes it funny is the fact that to an audience, those things almost seem worse than like gunning yeah. down people in the street. It's like, yeah, yeah. could you believe how cringy it was when he said this? Like, that yeah. is the thing that stands out to us. That's what makes it funny is like, man, it's just so funny that that's like, the fact that those stand out is just hilarious. But yeah, Ian McGregor, oh yeah, put him in more villainous stuff. Just put, yeah. honestly... Put him in more stuff. Get him in everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. If... Thing. I will. I would. I don't think I could get sick of seeing that man. Sure. I mean, sure. They were only on a matter of time before uh, he gets a role in a Marvel movie. It's. It's. I was going to say. Unless I'm forgetting one, but I mean, it's amazing <laughs> thought. because, like, we're getting to the point. They're going to have to start reusing people because, let's face it, every single actor has been in the Marvel movie. On. Yeah, and some actors have gotten honestly. No, I'm not going to say misused because they've been great as characters, but also just like I could so easily see them again. I think Mads Mikkelsen comes to mind. Like he was great as Kaecilius and Doctor Strange, but get him back. Come on. I will Come never on. forgive Marvel for killing off Ulysses Claw. I think he was a yeah. horrible oh. person, but oh my God. how could you? He should have been. He should have come back in multiple movies. I didn't feel like, he also didn't feel like he was the sort of villain that was going to get killed off. Yeah, I know. Listen, they brought Batroc the Leaper in into a full series of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And Claws, my guy, just got shot in an in like an airplane yard. Listen, yeah. he only got shot. As far as I'm concerned, that is by no means that does not mean you're dead at all by the MCU standards. Put him in a tank of crap, get him into like a government facility, and then he can come back as like comic book claw with the the ridiculous costume and stuff. See, this is how you do it. This is how they well, bring back characters. They just make them a more ridiculous version of their comic book character and bring them back to life. Well, you think it's hard killing people off in the MCU. How is anyone going to get killed off in Kingsman now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I guess that's why they're doing the Kingsman, the the prequel, because then they can they can establish that uh, that technology doesn't exist yet. The uh, get shot in the head and be okay technology. Yeah ridiculous <laughs> i still liked it i i don't care what other people say i still really like the king kingsman the golden circle especially the elton john Ca- the elton john cameo is one of the best celebrity <laughs> cameos in any film that is fair that is definitely fair elton john put elton john in more stuff never mind i <laughs> would McGregor. i would yeah. absolutely you oh elton john for mephisto get that get that trend in <laughs> Hashtag Elton John is Mephisto. That's it. That's it. Look, let's let's call it there. I think we've yeah. We have, oh, if if there's anything else needs to be said about this week, I think we've called like that's the perfect point to end. Elton John, 
for Mephisto. Uh, let's make that happen, guys. Um, okay. You have been listening to the Crack and Banter podcast. Thank you very much for listening to, uh, I want to say, one of our most tangential episodes, potentially. Um, I've been Reese. He's been Luke. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can head to our subreddit. Uh, if you want to ask us a question, you can send an email through to crackandbanterpod at gmail.com. Uh, we want to answer as many questions as we can. So please feel free to send those through on any of our socials and we will definitely answer your question. Give us a recommendation. We are on the lookout for uh, worst TV shows. So if you have any of those, please recommend them to us and we will give them a watch. Um, but yes, thank you very far, very much for listening. Look, do you want to close us out? Yes. Um, all I would like to say is go to your window. There's a car across the road, isn't there? You've not noticed, but it's been there all week. Does that man have a high par lens in his camera? Should you be worried about that? Thank you for listening to the Crack and Bumper <laughs> podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>